Hi, and welcome back to the Utajua Hujui podcast. Now, a quick word before we get in. Your girl, Aileen, has a little bit of a potty mouth, which means she does not mind her language and she speaks the fluent French, <laughs> um, which is all to say that I understand that some people are a little bit uncomfortable with this language. So here's just a warning for you. If, however, you are not uncomfortable and you would like to learn about the world around you and capitalism and colonialism and just like... All this fun shit with a dazzling, brilliant, and funny host, if I do say so myself. Um, Keep listening. Hi, ho, hello, and welcome back to the Utajua Hujui podcast with your girl Aileen. The show where, to be honest, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Um, The last couple of weeks have been emotionally draining for me, and it's not because of anything that's going on in Kenya. I feel like... For the first time in a really long time, Kenyan politics has been genuinely entertaining for no other reason than like Professor Wachakoya. Good Lord, he's such an entertaining person. Um, But because of like what's going on around the world, like you have the Melilla massacre in, I think, Spain or Morocco, was it? Then you have the Supreme Court and their just absolute ideological partisan fuckery that is just determined to just... Ooh, and so initially I planned to do like a long ass rant about the Dobbs um, decision that the Supreme Court made, the one that basically overturned Roe versus Wade. I was going to talk about how it affected me and why I, I do have a right to care. I was going to say so much. I was really going to harp on the whole point about like how abortions are not about life it's about reproductive rights it's about bodily autonomy. You can come for me if you want to like it's okay. Um, But I've decided against it mostly because I am just tired. I am tired of thinking about it. I am tired of looking at it. I am tired of letting it affect me. And I recognize that it is a privilege for me to be able to do that because like I don't live in the US so I can afford to detach myself right now. But that doesn't mean that like the situation is particularly great in Kenya. You know, you just accept it and you adjust. And we also kind of recognize that like we are working our way towards getting that those kind of reproductive rights and that conversation is being started. Um but good lord, the United States uh, and also I recognize that I can do that because like I am also a woman of privilege living in Kenya, which means that if push comes to shove, I can't afford to uh, like bet, get my own contraceptions or like travel to a place where I can exercise the full breadth of my reproductive rights. And that is not a privilege that a lot of people have. So like they really do rely upon American or foreign NGOs that get money from US aid to come and provide these services for them. And like, I know it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, so forgive me for detaching. I swear, very, very sorry. However, I am back. It is just me. I'm very sorry. I know I promised that the la- next time I'd be here. I'd be here with Annette and we'd be doing the next Population Conspiracy Part 2. And again, very, very, very sorry. But we are both busy and like... Ad- adulthood is a thing where you always try to make plans and then just shit gets in the way. Um, and it's just really annoying. It's not like school where you're just always with your friends. Adulthood is really sometimes, not even sometimes, most times, actually kind of all the time, a scam. Um, so enjoy your teenagehood. Enjoy um, being 17 because like that's a really, really sweet spot before the responsibility of like 18 and like adulthood really begins. Just like really enjoy being 17. By the way. Anyway, I'm back. It's just me. And today we are going to be doing a little something different. Um, But first, you know what kind of podcast this is. What am I drinking today? 
today I am drinking a nice soothing green tea and mint courtesy of Karicha Gold and I know it sounds like I'm doing an ad I swear to god I'm not I just love this tea so much in fact this is the only liquid that I drink you can speak to anyone that I know ask them what they always see me drinking and it's this tea it's not even water it is this tea and for the record it does count as hydration because guess what tea has water in it okay anyway sorry for like being really petty about this I just get people keep asking me about it anyway we move on so um as I said today we're drinking green tea and mint courtesy of Carita Gold and today we are talking about uh, a monkey human hybrid yeah and it's gonna end up in some really weird places so like bear with me um really just trust the process and trust me to guide you through it so to tell the story we're going to have to start somewhere in the middle with a little philosophy called transhumanism the term was popularized in the 1950s by a guy called julian huxley and he was a british eugenicist and the first head of unesco he described transhuman transhumanism in the for- following words and i quote Up till now, human life has generally been, as Hobbes described it, nasty, brutish, and short. The great majority of human beings, if they have not already died young, have been afflicted with misery. We can justifiably hold the belief that these lands of possibility exist, and that the present limitations and miserable frustrations of our existence could be in large measure surmounted. The human species can, if it wishes, transcend itself, not just sporadically, an individual here in one way, an individual there in another, but in its entirety as humanity will stop this is basically just a whole bunch of words a whole long ass story to say that transhumanism is the idea that human beings can become better if we make widely available technologies that improve our capacities or give us longer lives just make all that shit widely available um these technologies can be things as benign as the internet to things as morality laden as fertility treatment to things as distant in the future as uploading your consciousness onto the internet um and this is all because technology is central to the humanist to the transhumanist dream the philosophy holds that such technologies will be inevitable and to be honest i i, I kind of get it like the idea of death is both terrifying and liberating and for those who are rightfully scared of death nothing is too much or too grand to avoid it especially when you have the resources to direct research towards advancing your own morality mortality and vitality this is a story about what happened when someone directed these resources towards a human ape hybrid in an attempt to create a new species of man and sate scientific curiosity yeah it all began with a series of assumptions humans and apes are alike Are they so alike that they can be crossbred, like a horse and a donkey to make a mule, or a hinny or a hiney, or a zebra and a donkey to get a zonkey? By the way, sidebar: given how many cross-species hybrids involve donkeys, I am not at all surprised the donkey from Shrek absolutely smashed that dragon. Like, not at all surprised, as they produce the cutest little dragon donkey babies. Ah, that's right, fool. Now I'm a flying talking donkey. You might have seen a house fly, maybe even a super fly, but I bet you ain't never seen a donkey fly. <laughs> no, you see, my whole issue with the whole like donkey dragon thing situation was never about the science behind them being able to produce like babies. It was about the logistics, if you get my drift. And I feel like I'm missing something. 
I don't know. I feel like they will never explain it simply because leaving it unexplained is a hell of a lot funnier than explaining the shit to us. Anyway, in the 1920s, somebody wondered if humans and apes could be crossbred to create a humanzee or a human and a chimpanzee and worked to find out. That body's name was Ilya Ivanov. Ivanov was a Soviet-era biologist born in 1870. His work focused on artificial insemination, and boy, was he great at it. I'm quoting from Alexander Edkid, and I quote, After graduating from Kharkov University in Ukraine and studying physiology for about a year at the Pasteur Institute in Paris, from 1898 he worked in St. Petersburg at the Institute of Experimental Medicine. In one of its laboratories, Ivan Pavlov ran experiments on the digestive glands and would in a few years win a Nobel Prize. Ivanov successfully applied Pavlov's methods to sex glands, which allowed him to develop effective methods of artificially inseminating purebred horses. On the eve of the First World War, old aristocratic methods of horse breeding were to be replaced by the dispassionate work of experts, proletarians, and white robes. Ivanov organized a large laboratory under the auspices of the Ministry of Internal Affairs, which started to inseminate horses on a pan-Russian scale, end quote. Now, before I go on, can I just say, I swear to God, I am not Dexter. I just found myself saying laboratory and I couldn't go back to saying laboratory and now I'm just, I, I, I don't know, we're here. Anyway, so Ivanov's work proved that one stallion could inseminate 500 cows or like female horses, I suppose, as opposed to 20 or 30 by natural fertilization. Spurred by the massive success of his works, Ivanov began wondering about the possibilities of insemination. Soon he produced a zonkey, a zebra-donkey hybrid, and a zubron, a European bison-slash-cow hybrid. They're actually quite cute. Um, just Google them. And various combinations of rats, mice, guinea pigs, and rabbits. By 1910, however, he had been begun to think and dream bigger. In 1910, he told a conference of zoologists that it might be possible to create a human-ape hybrid, and he was not the first one to propose this idea. In 1900, German scientist Hans Friedenthal discovered that the blood cells of chimpanzees, gorillas, orangutans, and humans were remarkably similar. So similar, in fact, that a human-ape hybrid might be possible. 20 years later, Ivanov, sorry, 20 years later, before Ivanov started his project, two other researchers, Dutch zoologist Hermann Marie Bernelo, Moens and German sexologist Hermann Rolleder wanted to test Friedenthal's hypothesis by inseminating chimpanzee females with human sperm. However, their attempts never got past the planning stage, and one of the researchers, Moens, was even fired for his involvement in this plan. Um, this is the context in which Ivanov would be proposing his experiment in 1924. So, in 1924, he put forward this speculation, like, that you might be able to create a human-ape hybrid as a proposal to the Soviet government for funding. Even though the scientific community had some misgivings about his experiment, Ivanov got the funds for his project, roughly $10,000, or what would be worth $170,000 today. And so off to Africa he went. Um, I forgot to mention that like he had partnered with the Pasteur Institute. So like they had said, hey, um, we will let you use our monkeys in French Guinea, but we don't have any money to get you there to actually like fund this shit. So that's why he went to the Soviet Union and and got this funding. Now, let me pause here for a second and ask, what in the fuck was the Soviet government thinking? Because Soviet Russia was not known to be good at a lot of things, but science? Science was their shit. Like, they technically won this space race. The only thing that the US beat them at was, like, getting a man up to the moon. But the Soviet Union did 
everything else. Like, these guys were not fucking around when it came to science. Like, why? Why in the fuck would they accept this proposal? So the first reason is that the Soviet Union needed a win. So when Ivanov pitched his experiment as a way to prove that men evolved from apes, something that at the time had yet to be disproved, um, so proving or disproving it would have been huge. It would have confirmed Darwin's theory, a confirmation which would have struck a blow against religion. Since the Bolsheviks were very anti-religion, after all, was it not Marx who said that the religion was the opium of the masses or whatever, and they were having a really hard time stamping down that particular vice as they saw it so ivanov's work would have been huge in terms of like the propaganda that you could do that you could do with this this kind of thing it would have bolstered the reputation of soviet science hence this is reason number one now reason number two is a little more funky but completely understandable if you understand the like the value our current society places on things like uh, male, male virility and vitality as a marker of socially accept, sec, acceptable success now Quoting from Stephanie Payne, and I quote, There is conjecture that Ivanov was sent to Africa to bring back apes in order to provide them with glands for rejuvenation, end quote. The Kremlin's doctors certainly dabbled in rejuvenation treatments, and Ivanov did have links to Voronov, uh, the French surgeon who specialized in monkey gland rejuvenation surgery, end quote. Now, I bet you're wondering how the fuck it came to be believed that monkey glands would rejuvenate a man who felt a little low, and I... They call it rejuvenation, but really what it is, is that, like, it's trying to, like, up your testosterone, make you feel, like, more manly and shit. Um, and to be honest, like, I have no fucking idea. Um, the idea is that you graft a thin, almost, like, sandwich ham-like slice of a monkey gland onto male testicles. Um, and then the virility of that monkey would transfer through osmosis or whatever to the man. Um... Now, the first transplant took place in the 1920s by Voronov, that guy. And by the 1930s, thousands of people had undergone this particular treatment. Um, eventually, people sussed out that this theory was bullshit. But in the 1920s, during Ivanov's time, this was real science. Unnecessary, yes, but real to them. So perhaps the old men of the Soviet Union, fatigued by war and revolution, needed a little bit of a pick-me-up. So um, since they could not engage with a decadent and capitalistic wealth, uh, although they totally did um they needed somebody to do it in-house and who better than an expert in all matters virility the only issue with this particular theory is that ivanov's experiment was just too fucking weird or rather it took him to some weird fucking places um even if it was a cover-up like the cover-up was weirder than the actual thing you wanted to do dude like it's like it's like people who say the moon landing was faked on earth without realizing how much extra work that means it was literally easier to shoot a man up into space than it would have been to fake that entire thing on earth um likewise it was easier to just like to just get voronov who was russian by birth to come through for the motherland than pay ivanov to go to africa to make his human ape hybrid babies this takes us to wonderful reason number three and the reason why i actually started with transhumanism so according to the creation ministries the publisher of the journal on of creation and advocate of a young earth literal interpretation of the bible and i quote soviet dictator joseph stalin wanted to rebuild the red army in the mid in the mid 1920s with a planet of the ape style troops by crossing humans with apes stalin is said to have told ivanov and i quote i want a new invincible human being insensitive to pain resistant and indifferent about the quality of food they eat, end quote. Now, as evidence for their claim, they cite a 2002 paper, except, like, this paper does 
not even mention that quote from Stalin, like not at all. Um, I have no idea where they got this fact from. Uh, none whatsoever and yet the confidence with which they spouted this shit made me do a double take um and what's worse is that i wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt because when you hear that they are a young earth literal interpretation of the bible i.e the earth is between six thousand to twelve thousand years old you're really gonna try to give them the, give them the benefit of the doubt but uh anyway this takes us to reason number four that Ivanov's proposal was accepted, if not outright pushed, by the higher-ups because the Soviets wanted to create a new society. Quoting once more from Stephanie Payne, and I quote, The higher-ranking Bolsheviks who backed Ivanov were intellectuals who saw science as a means of realizing their dream of a socialist utopia. Politicians could change the political system, nationalize industries, and turn farms into vast collectives, but the task of transforming people was entrusted to scientists. The aim was to match people to the socialist design of society, end quote. So rather than make society to fit the people within it, which is what socialism is, the Soviet Union thought it would be easier to remake the people, which... Fair, human beings are fucking difficult to be with. I should know, I am one. Except the way you do it is through a lot of eugenics. Like that is what pain and this this entire point is trying to argue. That like the Soviets might have been engaging in a little bit of like soft eugenics. <laughs> that is like selectively breeding human beings to weed out traits that are undesirable and propagate traits that are. Um, this seems to be the reason that the Bolsheviks assented, assented to the program and why Ivanov was interested in the experiment himself. His work with artificial insemination proved that we could improve upon nature for our needs. What if you did the same with humans? It does say a lot that he thought of using an ape first and not doing that rather eugenics shit that other white people were up to at the same time. So, where does this leave us? Um, Ivanov's proposal was accepted and off he was to Africa. With $10,000 in the Soviet Financial Commission, he first stopped off in Paris. There, he met up with the directors of the Pasteur Institute to just confirm that, hey, you know, last time I went and like y'all said, like, hey, you can use like our monkeys. It's okay. We just, we just can't find your studies. Well, I got the money. I, I used to look okay for me to use the monkeys in French Guinea. And the Pasteur Institute was like, sure, why not? Like, what the fuck could go? wrong when we attempt to crossbreed human beings and apes like who knows what could go wrong that was foreshadowing um, he arrived in guinea in late march only to find that the chimps were not mature enough to breed so he left promising to return later to capture his own chimps ivanov returned to paris where he passed the summer at the pasteur institute and here is where he meets voronov like they those two these two guys like form like a really cute bromance um I don't know what the fuck was going on, but like together with Voronov, he and Ivanov made news when they transplanted a woman's ovary into a chimp called Nora and then inseminated Nora, an ape with human sperm. And literally every source I have read does not tell me what happened after this. And like clearly it didn't work because if we if it did, we would have found out about it, right? But don't you want to know about how it failed? How other people reacted to this? Because it just feels very weird. To, I'm concerned for Nora the ape. I really am. Because there is no way she consented to this procedure. I, ooh, I, mm, just, if somebody were to remove my ovary and then replace it with the ovary of another species, I would not like that. I, I, mm, just makes me very uncomfortable. I'm sorry I've labored this point, but ooh, very uncomfortable. Anyway, after all of this, um, Ivanov returned to Guinea, and I will allow Entkind to explain what happened next. And I quote, 
1926, supported by the French governor of Guinea, Ivanov was accompanied by his son and local black servants. Together, they successfully caught live several, several live adult chimps. The locals told Ivanov about their fears connected to the apes. From time to time, chimpanzees lo- raped local women, they said. If such a thing happened, the community forever ostracized the woman. This news confirmed Ivanov's beliefs in the technical possibility of insemination. However, Ivanov realized that he would not be able to inseminate local women with chimp sperm even if he paid them in dollars, which was the initial plan. So he tried other venues. He first inseminated chimp females with human sperm, which may have been donated by his son, end quote. And I want to pause right here to highlight something real fucked up. And that was like the fact that like Ivanov was willing to pay local women to inseminate them with chimp sperm. After hearing that the possibility of such insemination was to warrant ostracization like your community will kick you out um he thought that money could overwrite being shunned by your community and i don't understand why he thought that would work but i want you to keep his willingness to inseminate human women in like the back of your mind just like just like give it a little couch and like a little blanket let it get comfortable because we'll come back to it in a bit so for the record and i can't believe i have to say this i disagree with everything that ivanov is doing no matter who is being no matter who is being inseminated but It only gets worse from here. The initial batch of insemination failed. The female chimpanzees did not fall pregnant. And let me explain to you why. Well, like not me, this guy called A.E. Saman in um, a book called, um, and I quote, From a Race of Masters to a Master Race, 1948 to 1848, end quote, um, because I did not do biology for a reason. Like full disclosure, the idea of dissecting a lot of shit kind of freaked me out. Um, So we move on. And I quote, One problem is humans have 46 chromosomes while apes have 48. And this is an impediment for the chromosomes to pair up properly, even if a zygote is formed. Another problem is a conservatively estimated 40 million base pair differences exist between humans and our putative closest evolutionary relatives, the chimps, end quote. Put simply, we... We just don't match. Biologically, we did not, and so we could not interbreed. And yet, a horse has 64 chromosomes and a donkey has 62, and together they're able to make a mule that has 63. So why them, not us? I wish I knew. Like, I really don't. And like, don't get it twisted. I'm not looking for justification because I want this experiment to be repeated. I'm looking for justification because, like, aren't you curious? Aren't you curious why? Anyway, I feel like I'm not doing my jobs here. Like, I'm, 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 I'm very sorry. Um... Nisa Mehe Tafadalini, please, I'm very, very sorry. Um, on that note, like, where were we? Yes, yes. Um, Ivanov may or may not have used his son's sperm to artificially inseminate female chimpanzees. I don't know why. I, it, it's weird that everything in my life led me up to, like, saying this sentence and that that realization might have just broken me. And, oh, my God. Anyway, I believe that Ivanov actually did not use his son's sperm. And we're going to get into why for a little bit, but just... Just for now, just know that a shit is just about to get worse. So the initial experiment failed for the reason slash not a reason I provided earlier, that they're not matching chromosome thing. And rather than packing it all up and returning to Europe, Ivanov thought, just because a human male cannot inseminate a female chimp does not mean a male chimp cannot inseminate a female human. Do you get where I'm going with this? Do you, do you, do you? 
Yeah, I hope you do. Because like in 1926, Ivanov had the bright idea of inseminating African women with chimp sperm without their knowledge or consent. He would inseminate them with chimp sperm under the pretext of a medical examination. And here, here for a moment, we need to talk about the intellectual ocean in which Ivanov swam. So at the time, there was widespread belief that Africans descended from or were closely related to apes, monkeys, and chimps for like two reasons. And I can't believe I'm going to have to explain this, but like, if you're not, if you don't know how racism works, then this is not going to make any sense to you. Um, so that I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm trying my best. Um, so reason number one, in the reductive racist minds of people in the past, we Africans looked like monkeys. And so we must be similar. And two, the social construction of blackness that is to be black is to be uncivilized, impulsive, violent, sexually immoral and aggressive, etc. aligned well with the observed behavior of monkeys. And all of this was underpinned by the idea that black people or Africans were an entirely different species, completely removed from the white race. And so whilst people hypothesized the possibility of a human-ape hybrid, the human in mind was never white. Heavens no. Why would you think that Ivanov would want to risk perfectly good white spam on an ape? After all, white people are at the top of the food chain, the height of human evolution. It would never work to mix white sperm with monkey sperm. <sighs> so... As the thinking went, you'd need to get a species closer to the ape. And at that moment, every single scientist interested in human-ape hybridization turned to the one black person in the room with a creasy, creepy-ass smile. Kind of just like, mm-hmm. how you doing? It's, Someone argued that, and I quote, orangutans should be crossed with humans from the yellow race, gorillas with the black race, and chimpanzees with the white race. Gibbons would mate with those of the Jewish population, which is everything about that sentence is just gross. Um, and again, what the fuck was the past? But this is the ocean in which Ivanov swam. Quoting now from Wolf D. Hund in his paper, Racist King Kong Fantasies from Shakespeare's Mother to Stalin's Ape Man, and I quote, Ivanov initially took for granted his idea to conduct his experiments in Africa. In this regard, he did not distinguish himself from his contemporaries, the Dutch amateur scientist Moens and the German physician Rodler. Both are in touch with the social Darwinist Ernst Hackel, who encourages their plans, and both aim to inseminate female apes with the sperm of black men, but get stuck at the planning stage. Ivanov, however, realizes his intent. In this, he cooperates with his son, but it did not occur to either of the men to use their own sperm. The racist backdrop of this reluctance is underlined by Ivanov's project to also inseminate black women with the sperm of apes. However, he does not find any voluntary female test person. In his diary notes, he ascribes this to the imagined social consequences of the old myth of molesting apes. His diary says, and I quote, the women raped by ape males are regarded as defiled. Such women are treated as pariahs, as socially dead end quote and this the reluctance of the women mixed in with the fucked up theories of race and evolution and a healthy dose of sexism led ivanov to think that it would be okay to inseminate somebody without their consent i mean sexism because ivanov could have respected these women's denial of consent and moved the fuck on but because he either a believed his experiment was because his experiment was more important than respecting bodily autonomy especially female bodily autonomy or B, because he refused to take seriously the concerns of women regarding their body, like, he really tried this shit. So he went to the French, gov- the French governor of Guinea to ask for permission, because, you know, the women saying no wasn't he fucking enough. And the French governor, in, like, 
surprisingly said no i believe or rather i want to believe his exact his exact words were and i quote excuse me what the fuck no dude <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you how did you think i would ever be okay with this nah man and how did ivanov respond to this just blatant rejection like a petulant toddler hearing the word no for the first time and i will quote from ant kid to explain what happens next Ivanov saw no moral problem here. He angrily reported his sponsors in the Kremlin about the primitive fears of the blacks and the bourgeois producers of the French. In Moscow, a special committee of academics and officials considered the issue and ordered Ivanov to abstain from impregnating women without their consent. Don't you just love when a legitimate concern is termed bourgeois to delegitimize it? Or like when the cultural fears, like the real cultural fears of 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 an individual are dismissed as primitive and therefore not worthy of further consideration? All this is to say, and I'm saying this for myself too, because I am aware of my own hypocrisy, just because something is not real to you does not mean it is not real, period. Now, like, this doesn't mean I'm going to start treating great replacement, white genocide, or the idea that the queer community are groomers seriously. Like, all of that is bullshit, and I will treat it as bullshit. Um, But I will treat the fear, confusion, and anxiety that causes them with respect, or rather, like, with empathy, I suppose. Um, And Ivanov either could not or did not want to. Nevertheless, I do like that even Moscow was like, dude, no, let this go. So after being shut down twice, dejected, Ivanov returned to the Soviet Union in 1927. After only a month in Africa, all this shit took a month, guys. Oh my God. But he also returned to the Soviet Union with with 20 chimps in tow. He wanted to build an ape nursery in the Soviet Republic of Ag... Abkhazia? Hang on, hang on. Abkhazia. Abkhazia. Hmm. Anyway, so, um, this man went to build an ape nursery in the Soviet Republic of Abkhazia, which is a self-declared territory in Georgia, which is like the country, not the U.S. state. But he never gave up his dream of trying to get women, human women, pregnant with ape sperm. He earnestly believed that this iteration of the experiment would work. This is the one. In fact, I would wager he was finally desperate enough to try his hand at white women. Of the 20 chimps that Ivanov traveled with, only four survived this grueling journey. Um, Ivanov then went about finding volunteers, and then five women did actually volunteer. Now, I read somewhere that Ivanov sourced these women from the local prison, and the power imbalance of that relationship or interaction has me feeling a little sus about the consent these women offered. Like, this is not to this is not to delegitimize the, the consent that these women provided, like, not at all. But rather, I do want to point out that in prison, women often consent to things but it is often coerced consent like sleeping with a guard to get pads or tampons can you say you really consented there because like this is this is a need for you or was power used as a lever to coerce her to consent so i wonder that i wonder what if any incentives ivanov gave these women if indeed they came from a prison by the time ivanov was ready to inseminate there was only one adult male I think it was an orangutan. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a 26-year-old orangutan called Tarzan. But all you need is one to do this experiment. So I suppose go ham Ivanov. And he did, actually. Um, until Tarzan died of a brain hemorrhage. And then, 
you know, Ivanov was stuck once more. Um, he asked for more chimps in 1930, but by then Ivanov had already been discounted and kicked out of respectable science. And here is where we need to talk about what's go- what was going on around him. Like in the 1920s, the entire world was trying to figure out what to do with evolution and its implications. Remo- remember that before Darwin's theory-, theory of evolution and natural selection, everyone kind of agreed that God made us special and in our final form. Darwin told us that no, that we changed over time just like everything around us and suggested that we might share an ancestor with apes, thus eroding the specialness that we feel. In essence, Darwin's theories reduced us to mere animals, subject to the same forces of nature as other creatures, and people were trying to figure out the extent to which this was true. Were, like, were human beings, or rather, where human beings became human and ceased to being animals. And the hope was that Ivanov's hybridization experiment combining humans and apes would have provided an answer to this question. More than this, the hope was that Ivanov's experiment would confirm or deny the possibility of evolution, because if humans and apes could interbreed, then the idea that we descended from apes would be confirmed. Even this, we know, even though right now we know it's not true. Um, we share a common ancestor millions of years ago, but then our paths diverged. Um, still, the implications of Ivanov's research were huge, so much so that every developed country in the world was paying attention to what he was doing. So when it emerged that Ivanov was had attempted to impregnate women with children sperm without their knowledge or consent, people were not just disgusted, they began doubting the integrity of the experiment as a whole, and these doubts crept in as, as, as a change of God was happening within the Soviet Union. So, the people who got him the funding were not the same people who were in power. Lenin had died and Stalin was large and in charge. And Stalin had a very different understanding of science. For science, or for Stalin, science ought to be sublimated to the interest of Marxist socialism generally and Stalinism in particular. This meant that all hypotheses, experiments, and musings had to either confirm socialistic thought or improve the nation very quickly. This is why another geneticist, Trofim Lyshenko, the man responsible for exacerbating food insecurity in the Soviet Union, causing the deaths of tens of millions. That Yeah, that guy. That guy rose to fame and prominence. Quoting now from um, Sam Keen in The Atlantic, and I quote, Lushenko believed that you could educate a seed to grow in the winter by soaking them in freezing water, among other practices. He then claimed that future generations of crops would remember these environmental cues and even without being treated themselves would inherit these beneficial traits. According to traditional genetics, this is impossible. It is akin to cutting a tail off a cat and expecting her to give birth to tailless kittens, end quote. The reason why Lushenko's theories were preferred to actual fucking science was because he allowed Stalin to shirk Western scientific principles in favor of something inherently Soviet. Now, Ivanov was a traditional geneticist, and he knew that this shit did not work. And because he adhered to traditional biology, he was called bourgeois. Rather fucking ironic, isn't it? Because that's what he characterized the objections of the French governor of Guinea to him inseminating African women without their knowledge or consent. Instead of the politicized Soviet kind, he was exiled. So yeah, it was a little, it was a little bit serious. Um, this means that his experiments never ended because they failed, or because the results were not promising. The experiments ended because of politics, and they began because of politics. Around 1930, Ivanov was put on trial. 
I've read one source, um, or rather one source says that it was because he tried to do the whole inseminating without consent or knowledge thing. I've read another that suggested that the case did not matter as much as the outcome, like it was a, it was a show trial. Um, and in 1930, the Soviet authorities exiled Ivanov to Kazakhstan, where in 1932, he died of a stroke. Soon after, his research was mostly abandoned, resurfacing only to provide inspiration for movies, think pieces, and podcasts, just like this one. But the implications of his work go beyond this to my mind. Leave alone what it says about evolution and instead focus on how science is held hostage by our biases. It was Ivanov's biases that allowed him to think that inseminating women without their consent was a good idea. And Stalin's biases are what led Ivanov to be exiled to Kazakhstan, effectively stopping his experiment. The biases of the time also egged Ivanov on, telling him it was an idea worth exploring. Fuck. Even transhumanism, the philosophy I used in to ground the story, the one at the very beginning, is littered with biases that favor the rich. For access to, to the technology required to improve human life requires massive amounts of resources. Biases, if left unchecked, muddy the clarifying water of science. And we see this time and time again. From from Leshenko to the guys that came up with the bell curve theory, to the people who argue that cops are responsible for the drop in crime rate when that decline could be easily explained by the expansion of reproductive rights and the drop in lead in public housing pipes in the atmosphere. Bias. Like, we need to be watching out for that shit. There you go. That's the episode. I'm done. I'm it. I'm actually about to go get my ears pierced. I'm really afraid I'll chicken out because, like, good lord, it is not a fun experience. Mostly because, like, I don't like pain. I am a weak little bitch. I'm a baby girl. I am swaffed. And I really don't like pain. So we're gonna, we're gonna see, like, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'll let, I'll let you guys know how it goes. Um, until then, please, please, I beg, please, do not try to inseminate other people without their consent. Um, do not try to do anything to somebody else without their consent. I am begging you. Like, this is not a Jane the Virgin type situation situation people will be fucking pissed even she was pissed lord so yeah um that someone once tried to crossbreed humans and apes um thanks for listening and i believe in most of you bye Thank you so much for listening to the Utajua Hujui podcast with your girl Amy. I have been so blessed to have you in our space. Yes, it is our space today. Thank you so much for listening to me and giving me your time of day. I truly appreciate it. If you want to reach out to me, please feel free to do so. My inbox is looking a little lonely. You can reach out to me on Instagram at U-T-A-J-U-A. H-U-J-U-I dot P-O-D that's at Utajua Hujui pod on Instagram reach out let me know what you liked about my episodes what you think I should improve on perhaps suggest new topics or new directions I should explore either way I would be so glad to continue this conversation with you on that medium and otherwise have a fantastic time and I really do want the best for you bye